This is how Dan does his, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't know if this is how Dan does his because I haven't actually done uh, Dan's show. I'm pretty sure that I was just a package deal with you. So, uh, you know, that's that's fine for, for my for my self-esteem and, and everything. It's, it, it's great. Um, I'm I'm having a having a great, great time. Let's not talk about that, actually. Um, <laughs> hey, dude. So the other podcast uh, almost didn't work. I was going to. Be so fucking scared if uh, we lost a hundred percent of Blitz's episode because as is like anyone who listened to it, I'm sorry, <laughs> it's not great and it cuts off like probably at the midpoint when we stopped talking about more Dota stuff and started talking about like um, uh, I don't know sex with each other's moms and like people. So uh, oops, <laughs> but this one, this one is going to be golden ish. 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 I, I, you'd never talk in absolutes, right? Like, I can't set an expectation mm. and then suddenly have, okay. have someone, you know, tweet at me again and be like, where's the podcast? It's the same seven people who tweet, but I want you to know that I appreciate all seven of you. Um. <laughs> so, how have you been? Dude, I've, I've been, I finally finished moving. I feel great about the move. I feel great about working from home now. Uh, my sleep schedule is kind of destroyed. I think most days I'm going to bed at like 4 and waking up at like 10, 10.30, which uh, isn't healthy, but there's no reason for me to not be doing that. Uh, I've been going through and watching old TV that I used to like. I, I like. I went through a bunch of stuff, like old games, old TV, old comics, and just kind of made a list of things that I want to be revisiting to kind of look at them under the lens of like uh, a current day Joey, as opposed to like ten to eighteen year old Joey, and see like if I really liked it or if stuff holds up or just kind of like an analyze media a little bit more. So I'm like going through an archive of stuff that I used to really be into to see if it's still good. And did any be anything like surprise you or uh, so far uh, I used to. So Dexter, like the, the Showtime television show Dexter was probably the piece of television that got me into more high quality television. I also think that that's kind of like the age where like the, the golden period of TV was kicking off. Right. So like there was the Sopranos and like there was the wire and there was Dexter. And then suddenly we saw like this, it was premium because it was HBO and Showtime, at least in the States. But I think that that's really when we started to see people, you know, television have more money put into it, have better writers, have better actors. And I think that it really kicked off this, this like period of stuff that, you know, eventually brought us our, Breaking Bads and Mr. Robots and, you know, what what have you. Um, so one of the first things that I was going back and watching was uh, the fourth season of Dexter, uh, which was the one with the uh, the Trinity killer, John Lithgow, uh, because that was always something that I've, that I've held up as um, a, a season of television that was super formative to me. And it, it still is engaging, but it's not quite as like sparkly as I remember. And I think that's because there's things that have come on since then that are just simply like written or acted better. And now like I've, I've gotten used to like this higher quality standard of television. And that's kind of why I'm doing this whole experiment in the first place. So I'm, I guess I'm a little bit disappointed so far with going back and looking at uh, Dexter as an example. That was 
a way more extensive answer than I was expecting. But then I forget, like, you're really into production and TV, so that makes a lot more sense now that I think about it in that context. Yeah, and, like, I guess uh, something that, that, you know, I I don't know how many people are going to listen to this who are, like, big TV people, so, like, I'll shut the fuck up. But, like, uh, to, 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 to bring it back into, like, games, something that people have more of an experience with, uh, you know, there there's a lot of games that I go back and try and play, and I'm like, you know what, that doesn't really hold up or, like, it's really hard to, even things that are mechanically that feel really good. Like, I went back and I was playing um, uh, Tony Hawk 3 which is something that I think is, you know, critically, legitimately critically acclaimed as one of the best games ever, if you look on, like, Metacritic ratings and stuff like that. But you go back, and even though the mechanics still feel good, uh, and, like, the music's still banging, and there's, like, some bass nostalgia tied in there, just stuff like seeing the graphic presentation of this old game just not really... uh, it's almost like we're spoiled now, right? Like things look so pretty and so nice that it's almost hard to look at stuff that's old like that. Okay. I, uh, I, I, I have a hard time going back and watching anything again. There are very, very few uh, like media of any kind, whether it's TV, uh, movies, or even books. There are very few things that I go back and watch or consume in general. I, I, I just feel like there's always like there's so much stuff still out there that I haven't tried yet. Like then why would I go back and do something that I already I already know? I feel the exact same way, which is probably weird because I'm explaining how I'm literally going back and doing stuff right. But I can <laughs> I can like count on one hand the amount of movies that I've seen more than once. And all these TV shows that I am looking at again. Like, I, I've never watched TV more than once. Even when I watch television, uh, ever since, you know, I just stopped being a child and watching basic uh, cable, I, I, I have a calendar on my desktop or like, like a Google Doc, basically, that I keep up to date with, like, all the shows that I'm actively watching. And it'll be like, oh, Monday. Better Call Saul's on. Uh, Wednesday, Better Things is on. Uh, Thursday, what have you. And stuff like that. So every day, I'll, I'll just download that TV show. And then uh, I'm a little bit neurotic. I keep a lot of notes. So like I have a journal that has like most of the television I've watched and games I've played, at least since you know I started learning really? it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, wow. I, I promise you I'm kind of a crazy person. Dude, I want to see that. Um, that's, that's actually kind of cool. I'll show you. Yeah, there's like Google Docs, but I, I, I actually, <laughs> I'm gonna keep doxing myself more and more. I try and keep like a, I, I guess, I mean, these need to call it is a journal, right? But it's it's broken out every day, and every day I just try and like write down a little bit of what I did that day, um, and like you know, birthdays, TV, media that I consumed, and it, it helps me kind of just uh, keep organized. And one of my biggest fears is forgetting things uh and i feel like i I live a lot of my life to combat forgetting things so the fact that like i will write down a game after i finish playing it and like kind of score it uh, will it's just like a way for me to later go back and be like what was that thing i did or like oh how did i feel about this and even though i almost never I almost never look back on those notes. Just knowing that they're there like gives me this layer of comfort that I can't forget it or I don't have to remember it, which feels very liberating. So you're slowly going mad from boredom because of coronavirus. That's that's what I'm kidding right now. 
a, a little bit. A little bit. I if if there was more stuff for me to actively be doing right now, I wouldn't be going back and watching old TV because it also takes time, right? Like I'm probably gonna rewatch all of Avatar and I'm probably gonna rewatch, you know, you know, uh other stuff uh too. But even that, that's like you know, four, five, six days of television that I'm going to space out over the next couple of weeks. Like that's just—it's a, a lot of fucking media to consume. So yes, I'm going a little bit bored. Uh, I walked. I, I've been trying to go on walks, and it's really interesting because everyone, at least in my neighborhood now, has gotten so good at maintaining uh, a, an area of space around each other that when you're walking towards someone on the sidewalk, someone's always walking into the street to kind of like, you know, keep that distance. I haven't touched shoulders with anyone in a long time. I, I've seen a lot more people going on walks uh, just as like, because I have to drive to BTS every day. And so I see a lot more people. Everyone's in that same... because. The, you know, like, even though people would spend their time indoors anyway, now the fact that they can't go out there, I think, is, is causing some people to go, like, more stir-crazy. And so they, they do exactly that. They go out for walks, even though they probably didn't before. Yeah, I've always been a little bit... I, I like taking walks. I've always done it. So seeing the difference between, like, going on a walk two months ago versus going on a walk today is wild to me. The amount of people who are just out and, you know, out with their dogs or out with their kids or, you know, walking around holding hands, um, bad social distancing, but <laughs> I, think I maybe if you'd live together, I'm not sure how much distancing you can get at that point. Yeah, you're right. But, uh, yeah, I, I actually, on one of my walks the other day, I went into a CVS, which I haven't been into many stores in the last couple of weeks uh, for, for obvious reasons. And I felt so gross walking into the CVS. Like I felt like there was a miasma in the air and it like, it was just different. Like there were, there was a layer of crud over everything and people were like wearing masks and had gloves on like they should. But I, I felt so like dirty and weird and like anxious being in there because I'm like, oh, sick people probably going to the pharmacy. I'm in a pharmacy. I've been around sick people. Like, ugh, it, it felt extra weird and dirty. And now I have like this whole psychosomatic, you know, uh, can't walk into CVS. Did you like strip off all your clothes and uh, and put them in the laundry when you got home and stuff like that? Because that's what I, I made. When I went to the grocery store like uh, two weeks ago. I made extra sure to not touch my face at all. And I took a hot shower uh, after I got home and then I did change my clothes. I, but I haven't washed them yet. So I, I was slightly nervous um, coming back from the grocery store. And that was the only reason I was really nervous is because all I could think about was if I got sick, then I wouldn't be able to work ESL. And if I couldn't work ESL, I would lose a lot of money. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that, it's, not, it's totally, not my health that I was concerned about. It was my finances. I think that's totally reasonable. Like, I mean, you <laughs> you need to be well to go to work, do that job, right? Like, that's that's what most people, I'd assume, are thinking about. I mean, other people are thinking about health and family if they're older. But it's, we're again, we're not really going to die, I don't think. So we're we're just worried about, you know, our pocketbook. Yeah, every everybody there at BTS is like they were all quarantined before. Uh, we are all, you know, we've all been responsible and been quarantining. So, and it's the only thing that we do 
um, is go there. And so, obviously, we don't wear masks and stuff, like, on camera. But uh, it feels like we're very contained in that regard. And BTS has been really good about hygiene and stuff. We, we have our own headsets. Um, the headsets are usually uh, wiped down anyway between series and stuff. Like, the whole area is maintained very clean. Um, we have somebody that gets food, and he's really careful about everything. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's been weird that, um, in a way, it's like this league is 23 days. So I think I might have talked about this last time, but it's like weird the fact that uh, ESL getting canceled may have worked out for me better. And just from like a pure bottom line standpoint? Yeah, just from a pure bottom line standpoint. Like I, I, I actually ended up getting more work just because I happen to live in California, you know. LA baby uh, why I haven't quite understood so you're doing all of the leagues at BTS because ESL is doing like local leagues right there's an NA1 and SA1 like all the normal DPC regions are participating in some way shape or form some have more teams than others like I think EU's giant where like NA had four teams and you're just they're all at night so we don't cover uh, ESL uh, or sorry we don't cover China um, that is covered by Joint Dota, so it's covered by the German studios. Um, but for us, uh, I think it's actually really cool. What we were doing, we just finished it up, but what we were doing was um, we would start with one Southeast Asia match, and then we would cover one South American match, and then we would do one Southeast Asia match. Um, and there we missed some matches. Um, there was some secondary streams, but for the most part, there was only one or two matches uh, per region. Uh, per day so we we got to like just be able to go and bounce from region to region and get a little bit of that every day um because it, it was like it was only four teams for each of the regions so there wasn't that many games so i thought that was kind of cool it's the first time we i think anybody's ever really done something like that in that format is there a region that you know inherently more about? Like, are you more of an NA person or an EU person? Or does this give you an opportunity to, like, learn a little bit more than you normally would about the SA teams? Or do you feel, like, well-rounded already? Um, no, there's definitely NA and SA I definitely know a bit more about because I actually run into those players in pubs and stuff. And so I'll have personal anecdotes about them or uh, I will at least be able to recognize their play style or say what they're good at. Um, for Southeast Asia, it's that was probably the region that I learned the most about. Um, even though I do like watching Southeast Asia, um, and I knew all the teams, a joint geek fam, um, Boom, I knew probably a little bit less about, but uh, their star player, Makoto, I'd kind of already known he was good. Um, but it, it reinforced. It was. I think I learned more watching them um, than compared to the other regions, because there was just less personal experience there. And it'll be similar with Europe and CIS since uh, that's now mashed together, 16 teams. So we're going to be able to see a lot of Dota. It's it's two groups, uh, two groups, uh, eight teams each, total round robin. So they're all best of one, two, in a best of three. Oh, so oh dude, it's you're going to be really long group stage. Because everything else is done, right? Like they they finished SA and SEA and NA, so it's just looking at at the EU right now for you. Yeah, China finished up today too, so now it's just the European and CIS one that goes for the next two weeks. So 
That's there's a reason why there's 200k in this one and like 40,000 in the other ones. Yeah, more teams and just more more viewership. That's that's probably cool for ESL too. I mean, they're going to get a fucking of eyeballs on it. Is it still overnight though? Like it's bad West Coast viewership. Uh, yeah. So basically, they had the SA and NA games going on early to try and connect it to Southeast Asia. Um, but yeah, we had we had one day where we started. I had to leave at like 11 p.m. Um, and then we did the best of five Southeast Asia finals, and then we went into uh, North America, the best of three playoffs, and then the best of five finals. And so that was uh, so obviously there needed to be a gap between Southeast Asia and NA because the NA guys needed to wake up. And so that was, uh, yeah, I, I left at 11 p.m. and then got home at uh, I think 5 or 6 p.m. or something. Oof. That's, I mean, I, I was already saying that I almost have, you know, I'm staying up super late and kind of waking up early, but that's just to flip your sleep schedule on his head can't be super enjoyable because then you got to go back and like, you know, you have a girlfriend at home and. We're, uh, we, I, I can tell we're, we're getting a little irritable, Ir- irritable. Uh, I could, I could just like, you, you can tell sometimes when, uh, talent have, when we've been on the road for a while, in like week three or four or five, six, uh, like some of the talent get, get burnt out and people start get irritable and stuff. And, you know, just being people just get on your nerves and stuff. And, uh, and we've just been around each other for a bit. Um, fortunately, we all get along together really well. Um, but it, we were all just kind of like over it after that day. Uh, it'll get better now that we have like a set schedule with uh, EU and CIS, and we have a set starting time, which I think is at 4:30, and it's a rolling schedule as well, where the other one wasn't a rolling schedule. Um, so now, what does that like, mean? Uh, it just means that once one series is over, we start the next. So um, obviously, doing different regions, we couldn't have a rolling schedule. There was a set start time, so if a series finished up early at 2:0, then we had to just wait to get the next one going. We just spent long days. Rolling schedule usually speeds things up. So now it'll be a lot better. Um, but yeah, when you're just around a small group of people like working, um, there's something different about talent. Well, I, uh, yeah, there's something different about talent job. Um, I think maybe because you have to like really put yourself out there. Um, you you have to be a personality, right? And so being around a personality for that long um, can can be kind of uh, grating. So uh, it's it's different from like the regular jobs that I had because obviously I was around them nine to five. Like that that never really bothered me. But no one has to be on. Like, hey, let me talk in my caster voice, or like, hey, let me, you know, <laughs> woohoo, isn't this exciting? When you're like, no, I don't really give a fuck. Yeah, I have a hard time like really being able to articulate how exactly the on-camera job is different, but it just it just is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still it's really fortunate that like the Dota scene is very much like a family. So uh, I really, obviously, the group that we have there at BTS is fantastic. Like the core group is me, uh, Grant. Blitz and uh, BSJ, and those are some of my favorite people to work with. I love working with Grant. Obviously, Blitz is my best friend, and then BSJ, I've really gotten to enjoy. I think Brian is great. Brian, I love uh, being on panel 
with Brian um, makes for really, I think we have a really good dynamic together because we can kind of argue and stuff, but Brian is so great about not, like there's never any lingering feelings. Like sometimes you get in an argument with somebody on panel and it's like for, enter, it's like entertainment, but you're also kind of really arguing, like you have a disagreement about a point. It, like it's authentic, um, but it's also like supposed to be entertainment and maybe you wouldn't have that argument maybe you just wouldn't get into that argument. Like, like for me personally, I would probably find it like not worth contesting this person about their knowledge so, of Dota or something about like that. But because it's on the desk and like, I do need to like correct that person or whatever, then like there can be some lingering fe- feelings. BSJ is great. And like, we, we just like, we'll have a little back and forth, him and I, it'll still, it'll be really lighthearted. He still keeps like the entertainment in mind. And then we go off and, you know, we're laughing together off camera and stuff. It's great. So like without naming any names, cause that would be hella rude. Like, is there a scenario where you might just not engage with someone at all? Because you're like, I don't want them to take this the wrong way later when we're like, just having chicken after the day's over. Uh, no, I I think the yeah, there are definitely some people like that that I'm I feel like I'm a little bit more uh sensitive to. Um and then other people are the exact opposite where I can turn it up a little bit more. Like Kyle. Kyle's that person, BSJ is that person where I can turn it up a little bit more. Like I can disagree with them and clown on them harder because I know they're able to take it. I like to think I'm also that person. Um I don't feel like people make fun of me as much as they used to on panels. That used to be kind of my go-to. I think you uh, fixed your hair. That was the problem. <laughs> You're probably not wrong about that, but I like to think I, like to think I take uh, like those jokes and stuff pretty well. Like I make an effort to. Well, I've always done this, so it's it's very natural. But like, it's important for you to to make sure you laugh when people make a joke at your expense. You know, it, it, it like signals to other people like, hey, I didn't find that offensive. I thought it was funny. It was funny. So I laughed, you know, like um, so, so people just feel comfortable being able to do that. And then everyone has a better time as a result. Uh, I really respect anybody who does that. And Kyle and BSJ are two of the best at it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's important for like a group attitude. Too. Yeah, for like, sure. There's also like the more that you work with someone and, you know, I've been you know, doing shows with people, my, my roommate who I live with, I've been doing shows with him in a bunch of different capacities for like, fuck, four years now. So there, there's something to be said about having, you know, working entertainment relationships where you know that you can trust someone to where you're not going to like say something that yes will be offensive and maybe could even be true about that person but it's not going to be taken as like an assault or you're not going to go you know worry about it later like just being able to have that trust in someone that you can be entertaining without worrying about like the interpersonal relationship is so valuable and just hard to figure out at first, because especially if you're working with someone new, like you really have to test the waters. And I'm sure it's like that, you know, with, with casting with someone, you're paneling with someone new, like you can't just, you know, may, maybe if you're slacks, you can just, you know, be yourself. And it's so ubiquitously understood that you're this person that you can kind of get away with it. But as a normal person, you kind of have to like, you know, test the water and understand like what that dynamic looks like. And yeah. it's oftentimes better if, if you can, you know, have that relationship where you're not scared um, I don't even know if scare is the right word, but just where, where you're not pulling any punches because you don't have to worry about uh, the other person. Like you can just, you can just riff well, right? 
Yeah, I I, I got that feeling with you too, because like uh, we didn't we didn't really work together well, but like I picked up pretty instantly that I can make fun of you a lot, and it would all be, yeah. good, you know. <laughs> And, 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 you know, it creates a good dynamic. Like, we're able to kind of clown at each other sometimes. So it's, uh, it's really good. Uh, then, then there are some people that, like, I've legitimately gotten, like, really irritated with. Uh, I, I will say this uh, on the podcast because I've, I've told him in person as well. Like, uh, I, I got, like, I would get really irritated with Alan sometimes on panel. Um, sometimes that irritation with him on panel was real. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, um, the arguments we had and uh, my irritation was was actually very real. Um, and it, it's just because, like, uh, Alan, coming from a teaching background, like, um, and coming from just in general, like... Nahas, his, for anyone who might be confused, right? Yes, no, Nahas, yeah. Uh, his position as professor, like, he's always, he is the authority figure, you know? And on panel, it's different. I'm, I'm like 10, 15 years younger than him. I have no education, but I'm challenging him on things, you know? Um, and, uh, and so there are some things that, like, I would just get irritated with Alan with. Uh, I told him that recently because uh, I, cause it was followed up by the fact that working with him recently was, like, really good. I really enjoyed working with him on panel. It was very fun. So, um how can you tell when you are irritated? Like, are there signs where you start to notice about yourself? Whether it's like, do, do you get short or, or snippy? Or like, do, do you feel like your voice changes? How do you know that like you're being like irritated or aggressive or like might be showing it to someone? Uh, I think I've had this conversation before, but I'm, I'm like, um, I'm, I'm an introvert uh, by nature in, in that um, social interactions cost me energy. I don't mm-hmm. charge up from them. It, it, it spends energy. And so uh, I could usually tell when, like, I'm just done being around people and I just want to go home. And, like, at, a, at an event, like, I'll put on my headphones in the car and just listen to music and not interact with anybody so I can kind of recharge. Because I don't want to be irritated with anybody. Because I do like everybody I work with, you know? Uh, it's just natural in, like, interpersonal relationships. You're going to get in fights sometimes, right? It's like when you're you're dating somebody or you're married to somebody, like you're gonna have arguments and stuff, but you love that person to death. It's just it's just natural, right? So uh, I could just kind of feel it. I get tired um, and I get irritated, and so I just don't want to be around people, and so that's what I do. And so that's why when we were doing our other the other episode of the podcast that we just recorded, it's gonna be released later for you guys listening. Uh, that's why I started off complaining. Cause, cause I had just gotten home and I didn't want to be irritable on set, but I just needed to get something out, you know. And now you're talking to me twice <laughs> and expending even more energy. So poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, podcast is a little different. Fair, fair. Uh, I feel like I only let people who I'm really close to see when I'm irritated because. Um, when, when I'm annoyed at someone, I know that I start to get mean. And I've, I've had that, like, ruin relationships in the past where mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be irritated for, for whatever reason. It might not even be that person's fault. But then, like, my default setting for, like, comedy, if nothing else, is, like, is mean. Um, so I, I, I kind of notice when I feel like I'm not in a good place. And then I want to remove all possibility of me 
insulting someone because I just start to lose my filter. But when I'm around someone who I'm more comfortable with, you know, old friends, my parents, family, like I, I know, and they know people when I'm, when I'm like not in a good mood just because I'm mean. Ah, okay. Yeah. Not a great, not a great quality trait. I've, I've done, I've done a lot to uh, get, get rid of that over the years and like, just, just by acknowledging it, but still like sometimes uh, I, I think, I think my mother sets me off more than anyone else. And then I'll notice when I'm being a shithead because I'll just like be really short. And then I'm like, what am I, why am I doing this? Like my mom doesn't deserve this. Like there, there's, there's nothing bad happened. Why am I suddenly in like this situation where like I'm drained from people and now I'm, you know, being aggressive. Like that's shitty. So. I, uh, so I keep things uh, bottled up more. Uh, I'm really good at letting things go. Uh, but things can build up on me, and uh, once it w- once I do pop, I can get really vicious. I I get like when I get angry, or when I, when I get mad, I get big mad, you know. So uh, I I I know what you're talking about. You get like scary dad mad, like yeah, something like that. Yeah, I I I'm always worried about people getting mad who are uh, very articulate people. And I think you're a very articulate person. So uh, I feel inherently more, more scared of, of those type of people like mouthing off or, or like releasing and popping off because I know that if they want to cut, they like have the vocabulary and the ability to really cut deep. So I feel like I try and avoid confrontations with people who I know who can like uh, articulate well versus people who just be like, uh, scream, stupid, blah, blah, blah. Blitz irritated me once uh, to a point like I actually got mad. We got into an argument um, and I said something that was quite mean that I knew would get under his skin. And then we got into an argument and... Uh, uh, you know, we we said some mean things back and forth. Uh, this was all the way back at MLG New Orleans, um, and we had just gone that's, from like, yeah, this was a long time ago. This was like four or five years ago. Oh wow, that's a long time ago. Wow, that's when MLG was doing Dota too. Yeah, that's even longer ago. <laughs> you know what the worst part like- is? We had to go into a cast. So we were sitting on the casting desk having this argument uh, back and forth. And like Blitz, oh, got, dude, that's... Blitz got real silent. I got real silent. He was on like fucking Reddit or whatever. I was doing something similar. And then it took like probably 15 minutes. And then I was I finally like, I was like, okay, I need to apologize. So I apologize. He said, we'll figure it out. We casted together. I don't think anybody actually noticed. Um, and then he went off and like, uh, did his own thing, and he came back, and and then we actually had a really great night that night. Uh, our friendship got closer as a result of that moment. But uh, yeah. sometimes it happens. But I mean, that also could have had the exact opposite effect, right? Like that could have been oh, the, yeah. the the other fork in the road, right there. Man, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for this event. Not only is it like one of the only things MLG did for Dota, it's back when MLG was joined up with Join Dota, which is why the commentators were Toby, you, and Blitz. And like Malik was there, and Nahaz was there, and the host was Zoe. So, like, it's, it's you know, Monkey Business was a team. <laughs> yeah. We had just gone from, we had done like back to back. So, we'd gone Europe to America for an event, and then we'd gone back to Europe for an event, and then we've gone back to America again 
and we were just like I remember I got sick during that time it was just like we were really miserable and irritable and there was there was some like stuff going on with uh with joint Dota that we weren't happy with and there was just a lot of things going on the important thing though of all of this was that like when you get into the argument or whatever it's like important to recognize when you when you were wrong and to apologize because um, if I if I didn't apologize then like who knows what could have happened with our relationship or you know you can even extrapolate that further to your career right oh yeah for sure <laughs> maybe maybe people should take that negative information and bring that into their uh, pub games next time that they do something fucking stupid nah fuck them those pubs will never see you again <laughs> Play the shit out of that guy, then and then fucking GG out, disconnect. That's so interesting. Uh, I, I, I used to be when I was significantly younger, like not a good person in pubs, particularly in Counter Strike. I used to be someone who would like point out everyone's mistakes, like talk about what kind of an idiot they were for like not knowing how to do flashes or like criticize people's opping while they were opping while I was dead, mind you. <laughs> wow. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I really, I can't pinpoint the moment in my life when I stopped doing that, but it was sometime when I was playing, it was sometimes when I was playing Dota because I think when I started playing Dota and I was doing public matchmaking, uh, just, just solo cues. I used to be toxic. Uh, not all the times. Probably as like an outlet for you know hating the rest of my life or something. But th- th- there was like a noticeable. That was a joke, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry, I got it. I got it. I, you laughed. You laughed. But someone listening might not have laughed. I heard that. Um, uh, I, th- there was definitely a turning point, and I wish I knew where it was. Where I just decided, like, I'm gonna stop being shitty to people. And I think it's because I started realizing that I just simply won more games when I was relentlessly positive. And then I, so I think that it it really stemmed from like wanting to win more and recognizing a correlation between, you know, Hey, if I'm nice to people in pubs, I think we do better. And ever since then, like, I feel like I've really tried to, uh, promote the whole PMA thing. So so did you really become a better person or did you just become smarter about your gaming? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I think I became smarter about my gaming and then I was able to extrapolate some of that into real life scenarios. Because I think this was also the time where like I was take I was like starting to work in more professional environments. Like I was getting out of school. I was trying to like uh, have a life, be an adult, interact with people and just kind of taking my personality and having it be more uh positive as a as a default state i think just just showed positive improvements to everyone else around me that i never really recognized and i'm like oh like th- i i'm not faking it like i'm not being fake positive in a dota pub or, or in, a, in a meeting at work but just by kind of being a little bit more happy-go-lucky and just complimentary like it, it seems to make other people happier and i think i like that so it's like a weird feedback loop of like, oh, like this is better in real situation. It's better in pubs. I'm winning more games. It's better in life. I'm better in pubs. 
So maybe it's just wanting to have, I think, you know what, the point that we're getting at here is that um, I became a happier person holistically because I wanted my MMR to be higher. Mm, that's true. Higher MMR, the more happier you are as a person. <laughs> that's definitely not true, judging on my pubs. There yeah. are some really miserable people in uh, playing pubs and, and being in the 6K, 7K. I, I think when you put that much time in a game and you haven't made it like at the highest echelon, like you haven't really made it, something about like, like you've just sunk too much time into that game at that point, you know? I think something have you starts to sour. Have you achieved like a rank uh, in any other game similar to your, to your Dota? Uh, in Halo 2, I was, uh, I was very good. Um, I was the highest level in matchmaking you could get. Did, did you also notice a similar effect then, where, like, people were shittier on voice comps? I don't know, man, I was, I was fucking, like, 12, 13 at that time. Like, <laughs> I didn't pay attention to that shit. Yeah, plus, it was Xbox Live, so, you know, everybody was toxic as hell. That's true. I I don't I didn't play a lot of Xbox Live. I feel like Halo really passed me up. Uh Halo was always the the game that I got to play on vacation with my friends or something. And then I'd be like, oh, this is so much fun. And then I'd go back and be like, oh, I'm playing Halo Combat Evolved, Halo 1 on on the PC with custom maps because that's the only Halo on PC. And that was like a real sour point. I'm like, Mom, I want to have an Xbox so I can play with my friends. You uh, missed out on a golden age of, of uh, gaming, for sure. You know, I, I recently ran through co-op in Halo with uh, Trent. It was a good bonding experience. Experiment. <laughs> it was a good bonding experience, not an experiment of bondage. That would be something very different. Uh, yeah, he, he has a wife. <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, we did that. And we'll probably just, as, as they come out, we'll probably do all the games. Uh, I think it'll be a good way for us to build some some personality uh, as a duo. What's the best way to do that? Is that because they released the Master Collection on Steam? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's how we were doing it, yeah. Are you are you a, an ODST champion, or are you like more of a Halo uh, 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 originalist? No, I was, I was Halo 2 and uh, Halo 3. I don't think I even really played uh, any ODST. That was about the time that I was getting into uh, PC. But I suck any- now. Holy shit. <laughs> Dude, I haven't played any uh, shooters since Halo 3, basically. So I'm just terrible now. <laughs> Dude, I was playing so much Valorant that I use... Uh, this might be relatable to a very few amount of people. My my mouse of choice is SteelSeries Rival 600. Um I like it because I really like heavy mice. This is not an adder promotion. Uh, but one of the things that annoys me about this mouse is that on the side, they have like silicone grips that are glued onto the side pads. And I had to, I was playing so much FPSs for the first time and like so vigorously uh, over the last couple of weeks that I melted the glue underneath the silicone pads and it was disgusting like my mouse on my right side was just like a glue ball i had to like go plug a different mags in and, and complain to steel series to send me new side panels uh-huh. i don't I, I have a hard time picturing any of that but i quite like my razor death adder also not an ad <laughs> also not an ad i've been using the same 
keyboard for almost 10 years at this point. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I, I have an original DOS keyboard Ultimate Edition, which is one of the keyboards that, that DOS made that has zero markings on any of the keycaps, so my keyboard's blank. And when I was... Dude, when I was sixteen, when I was seventeen, dude, I thought it was so fucking cool because I'd have my keyboard. People would be like, "Whoa, dude, there's no fucking letters on there," and I'd be like, "Yeah, don't you know what the keys are?" I'm such a gamer. I don't need to look at the keyboard. Yeah, I'm terrified of when my keyboard is eventually going to die because it's not going to work forever. But I've gotten to the point where I've used it for so long that one day it's not going to work, and I'm going to be big sad. I uh, quite like my Huntsman. Highly recommend that. So you used a used a Razor show. Are you, are you also Dude, recording? Just, yeah, Razor, uh, hit me up, please. <laughs> Man, I uh, my my gear's all over the place. My mic's a Razor mic. It's still series keyboard, a DOS keyboard, still series mouse, Asus monitor, Logitech webcam. I got I got, I got no brand loyalty. I'm all Dude, over I've the got place. three different kinds of monitors for my triple monitor setup <laughs> they're all do like have, different heights and shit <laughs> do you have one of them that's a uh, vertical i recently no. i have a three monitor setup now uh like like my main asus like g-sync monitor and then my tv is also connected to my pc because i watch i basically watch everything on my pc but like my tv is a secondary monitor so i drag stuff over there and then like watch netflix like in front of my bed but I just installed a third monitor, which was one of my old Ben Qs that I bought at an MLG in I think 2010, and it's broken because the viewing angle on it is dog shit. But I, I started doing a doing a vertical monitor for a secondary monitor, and I gotta say, I think I think it's the play. Okay, I don't think any of my monitors can go vertical, nah. but I'll try it eventually. I'm gonna get Have you a vertical monitor. Have you played monitor. any Dota, by the way? Whoa, 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 whoa! How dare you? How dare you? I've You've been playing it. too much Valorant, haven't you? I've played. I still don't know if I'm supposed to or not supposed to talk about that. I think I can say that I've played it. I've played a yeah, lot. A bunch of, Valorant. of streamers have said they played it. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, now now I can, but I couldn't. That's been like the last three weeks of my life, dude. Um, mm. And this weekend isn't active, and next weekend it's back. So like, I have to. We. I'm gonna play. I'm going to play – I'm going to force myself to play Dota for a period of time where I don't – I'm no longer bad at Dota. And then I want to play some games together so that you can talk on the podcast about how bad I am. And then I can just – and then I can just um, feel horrible for like 45 minutes. That's, that, that's my – how does that sound to you? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, – that'll go real well. That's also, that also like that's a chore, right? Because you're going to have to play Dota with someone who, I mean, if I was sitting at the fives, I'm like probably low fours, if not below that at this point. So you're talking to someone who's like going to be half your MMR, who you're going to be playing games with. That there's no way, shape, or form that's enjoyable, right? I, also, I only have two modes when it comes to playing Dota, Joey. It's it's try hard, like I want to win, or it's like totally don't care, fuck around. Uh, so you're going to get the the latter because if I if I play with you, I, I will probably lose my mind. Yeah, and I don't want to solely our relationship <laughs> because you realize that like I I some you know what, dude? I'm still only ninety percent sure where the new jungle camps are. Yeah, <laughs> I, I you know I haven't played any Dota for like ten days or something. 
because uh, you've been working so hard. Yeah. Oh well, it's also just like when I am watching Dota, uh, like for that day, I don't want to go home and play Dota. I want to when I'm at events and stuff. I want to play Dota. That's all I want to do. Um, but it's not on the same day. As weird as that sounds, like what, once I'm done with work, like I want to be done with work. You know, I don't want to go home. Like, like for example, I I missed um I missed a message until last night that we moved up our call time by an hour. Um, and so I had to get up an hour earlier, and I only found out right when I was going to bed, which kind of sucked. Um, but but like the reason that happened was because I don't look at the the work messages on my phone because I want to separate myself from that for a while. So I just I'm, I probably won't be playing any Dota for like another two weeks, uh, which is going to be really long time for me not playing Dota but being home. I don't think I've ever gone that long. <laughs> Like a month, yeah. That's that's a so I got about two weeks to train up enough to not be completely embarrassing. Yes. And then ESL will finish, we'll play some games, and we'll do an episode about how bad I am at Dota, and then I'll probably want to delete it because I'll be embarrassed. <laughs> I'll be like, Sounds oopsie good. doopsie, the recording stopped. <laughs> I do swear to God, Joey, we will put out that episode. If I'm gonna make the effort and we're gonna play together and all this we that episode will go out. You make it sound like a chore. Can we not find other people who are bad that you can... <laughs> where's, where's our other bad friends, right? Uh, I don't really have, like, a whole lot of bad friends. Like, my bad friend is Jack. It's KBBQ. He's also good. And he's immortal. <laughs> yeah. But I think he's terrible. Do you do you ever play games with people who are lower than immortal on on purpose? No, like, uh, yeah, like sometimes, but it's in like fun party stacks. Let's say. Okay, we'll have to get. I mean, we'll have to get a fun party stack going. Maybe we'll pull some other people in so that I'm not like the only person who like is is the the focus of your ire. <laughs> It'll be fine. We'll figure it out. It'll be great. And then maybe one day we can play Counter Strike, and I can be like, "Ha! I feel superior." And then no one. We don't have to record that. It'll never be important. Oh yeah, I'm shit at shooters. God, playing PUBG, like, I'm the worst. I'm such an anchor. Like, I, I legit can't play that game, though. It's so, so boring. When it was, like, the hot thing and, like, Blitz and Melk and, and Samael were playing it and stuff, like, I would play it because it was kind of fun hanging out with them, but I, that game, ah, uh, fuck. The game's so boring. Warzone looks so much better. I was going to ask, have you played any Warzone? No, no. I, I probably will not, but it. I watched some, and it looks way more fun. Yeah, I still... The Gulag is so hype, by the way. It really is. It's such a good concept. The only game like that that I ever truly enjoyed is Apex. So, Mm. everything else. Like, I never never really liked PUBG. It was, like, too slow. And then first-person mode came out, and I, like, wasn't about it, and... Call of, the Call of Duty ones were like fine, but they always felt bad to me, or like I can never get invested. I played, I got, I got up into a high platinum in Apex, uh, so I, I played that for a hot minute. But I like the way that Respawn makes shooters. But anything else is just like you know, I should, I, I'm gonna play more Dota. Good. You gotta keep keep me accountable on Dota and keep me accountable on losing weight. Oh Jesus, I've given up on that. What? How, how's your push-up challenge? Because, uh, like, uh, no, I'm still doing the push-ups and stuff, but, like, uh, I was trying to, like, eat better, remember? But I can't, I can't do it during events, because food is, like, um, it's a supplement for sleep for me. It, it, it was that way in the military, too. Like, when I couldn't, when, 
Like, it, I just feel like it gives me energy. You know, like when I, it's not caffeine that I drink. It's I eat food. <laughs> I mean, some like some of it's like sugar, so obviously that legit does give you energy. But like I've just whenever I've been like tired and stuff, like I will eat. That's also why I can't go uh, for whatever. Like I can't go to sleep hungry. That's another thing that I have that's really bad. Oh uh, yeah, that's my friends were like, oh yeah, I just go to sleep hungry and then I wake up and I'm fine and that's why I lose weight. And I'm like, that sounds like a like an eating disorder. Like, how can you actually go to bed hungry? What? Yeah, Are I you... think the, like I had to go to sleep all the time hungry in the military. So I just like, uh, it's like a I don't ever want to do that again. Are you know, doing? Like, I don't know what that is. Are you doing any of the bread breaking, bread baking in your house, or is that solely uh, not your responsibility? No, Ellie's uh, Ellie is making all the bread. She, in fact, is um, sweating right now because it's so hot in our apartment because uh, she is currently uh, rising some bread, and uh, she just she just showed showed me a loaf. Actually, it looks great. She's a very good cook and baker. I'm gonna have to get tips. That's one of my quarant. That's one of my new quarantine goals is to make a loaf of bread. I've never done it before. I also brought home a loaf of bread for like a like regular store bought bread that BTS got for me. We have a guy because they because they um they're at their Airbnb uh Grant and BSA share an Airbnb and they get them food uh, like grocery stuff um for after the day if they want to eat at their house and uh, and they asked me if I needed anything <laughs> and I was like I looked kind of guilty because I was thinking about asking for bread I was like nah that'd be a little weird like <laughs> and then the the guy who uh, was doing it his name is Marshall he's. He's very nice and very professional. He was like, he was like, no, what's up? And I was like, uh, <laughs> he's like, I can get you something. Like, don't worry about it. I was like, I could use some bread. And he did. He got me bread. So now we've got store-bought bread and homemade bread. I found eggs at the market for the first time in like three weeks. And that was kind of hype. Oh, shit. Was there toilet paper, too? No, no toilet paper, no cleaning products. But but Ralph's over here in LA is mostly stocked, from my experience. Now we got we got really lucky. Our uh, like we just happen to have a bunch of toilet paper in our apartment, so we haven't gotten any 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 stores yet. My my butt is um, privileged, and I'm a I'm I'm a strict baby wipe person at home. So wait, only baby wipes? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a You're bidet not supposed and to baby flush those person. dog. You get the ones that are meant to be flushed, and you yeah, only yeah, do one at a time. they say they're flushable. Yeah, they say they are. Like, that's all the culpability that I need. I'm like, the package says flushable. I'm fine. I'm, well, you're in an apartment, so, you know, all good. But once you get, like, your own house, you're going to ruin your plumbing that way. And that's going to be a very costly exp- uh, mistake. But would I be worth amortizing that cost over every poop I take having a, having a sparkly clean experience? Dude, plumbing is not cheap. <laughs> I promise you it's not worth it. Just get a bidet, dog. Just get a bidet. Dude, I tried to... So, I had a bidet at my old apartment. I tried to order one for here. But because of the whole fucking toilet paper pandemic uh, uh, a rush hoarding thing, that also turned the bidet market on its head. Oh, and yeah, dude. the price of bidets have literally quadrupled. It's like, time ones to that, invest in a bidet company. Yeah, one that used to cost like... Like twenty dollars is now going for a hundred dollars on Amazon, and they're not shipping for weeks because there's been a, such a hard run on bidets. And I, when when I got my new job at Liquid and I got this new apartment, I told myself that I was I was going to spoil myself just a little bit 
Um, like I got new headphones. That was nice. But the other thing I was going to get was that I was going to buy myself like a Toto bidet wash. Like I was going to spend like $300 on a fucking bidet. Um, and I bought it, but now it's never coming. <laughs> so eventually I will run out of baby wipes and I run out of toilet paper. And if the bidet gets here before then, that'll be the goal. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same thing as the index. Quarantine happened. Everybody was like, ah, I need some stuff. And I'm sure the index was one of them, just like you broke and bought it and bidets. Yeah. No, I, everyone who I tell who I have an index is getting pretty uh, excited for it because that means that eventually they can borrow it. So <laughs> all you got to do is have one friend who like is the hookup and now I've just become the hookup. So I look forward to sharing the wealth as much as possible. I will. Uh, I may take you up on that offer eventually. We'll see. Oh, you will. I know you will. <laughs> and if not, I'll just force it on you. Like you'll come over and I'll just like give you a bag and I'll be like, "Here it is. Have fun." <laughs> um. Yeah. I have. I don't know if you know this. Uh-huh. Uh Oh man, fuck. We've already talked about it on the podcast about how recording this a little bit out of order. Damn it. That's a bad setup. Do you know that next week Slacks is going to be on the podcast, which is exciting yes. because we've been trying to do it. For a minute, and uh, you know, it, it's not in person. It's not a video podcast. It's just going to be another audio one. But we have what I assume—I have no idea if it's going to be good or not. But I'm gonna—I'm gonna take a guess. I'm gonna take a wild swing into the wind and say that it is going to be a very spicy, high energy, just good episode that that has a uh, you know a, a lot of slacks in it and a lot of a lot of good times so i would very much look forward to that next week it's uh, easily our wildest and dankest podcast yeah uh easily i again I, i'm guessing but uh please please come back around next week for that he wants to see if he can uh, beat our tz's numbers so good luck but you're gonna have to help him. uh uh, during quarantine, if you're someone who is primarily a YouTube viewer, I am sorry because we have uh, – this is going to be another one that is you know primarily audio and then we'll you know the YouTube will just be a picture of something, nothing to look at. Uh, Slacks will probably be that way too. Hopefully by the time after this, um, you can have Cap come check out the new apartment and we can do one in person. Uh but in, until then, if you're if you're a fan of watching our faces for an hour, well, first I'd ask why. That seems like a like a chronic waste of time. But but secondly, that that's not uh, that that's still not here and won't be here for another minute. And uh, blame Corona, not me. <laughs> Just shuffle off laziness onto the coronavirus. Hey man, a lot of people are taking advantage of it. So if I'm to shuffle off laziness onto COVID nineteen, goddamn it, I'm gonna do it too. But until then, you can still listen to us on our beautiful clean audio feed, Spotify, Apple. Five stars helps a lot. Leave us a review. We'll read it on the show. We'll send you something if we read it on the show. Like so, please give us those five stars. It, it helps the people who help us know that people actually like this. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter because that number is very important to me. It's at Leaf Eater, but it's L-E-A-F-E-A-T-O-R, not E-R because I'm dumb. 
And uh, capitalists is still Dota capitalist, even though he's now they rebranded to is. Cap, right? They're already following you. I'm not going to plug you. This is very self-centered. <laughs> listen, listen, follow us for show updates. Listen wherever you want. Thank you for reviewing. Thank you for being with us. And now before we leave, Cap told me that he was going to leave you with a nugget of wisdom that I've been very excited for him to share with us. because I've been waiting all hour for it. What do you, Grant? You're just setting me up. Dude, Grant does that to me on panels sometimes. He just wildly sets me up without any warning. That he something. Uh, my nugget of wisdom for the week is um, to, to use water to clean your butt and you'll be a happier person. <laughs>